Hi, everyone. Welcome to Follow the Drop, an audio series that explores how people and projects are improving water quality throughout the Clinton River watershed. I'm your host, Chris Bobber. This audio series is part of the Clinton River Watershed Council's education initiative. We are excited to help elevate the work being accomplished throughout the watershed by meeting the people doing the work. This is the first podcast in our Rain Garden series where we are exploring our watershed, looking for folks that have rain gardens or are thinking about rain gardens or may not even know what a rain garden is. Apparently, there are no limits to our exploration of this topic. But today, we happen to score a phone interview with Rebecca Randall, a resident of Berkeley and newly minted master rain gardener which I'll explain here in a minute. We were with Rebecca this summer, helping out with some underground pipe installation for her rain garden, and this is the first opportunity we had to catch up with her after the rain garden was officially completed. Now, you might be asking yourself, what exactly is a rain garden? Well, a rain garden is typically a shallow depression built somewhere in a landscape that is designed to collect rainwater from impervious surfaces, which are areas that can't really absorb any type of water, like a roof or a driveway or a street. And these rain gardens can come in any shape or size, and they perform best when you plant them with flowers and grasses that are native to Michigan or native to your area. They are a cost-effective way, uh, in a beautiful way, to help reduce rain runoff from your property. And they are great for improving water quality because rain gardens can absorb and filter out all types of chemicals or oils and plastics that that are typically found in some of our runoff. There are awesome habitats for pollinators like butterflies or even songbirds and other wildlife. These flowers and grasses that you choose that are native to Michigan really give these critters a place to live and hide and refuel. And and these are species and food sources that they're used to. Rebecca completed that Master Rain Garden course earlier this year, which was a collaboration between Washtenaw County Water Resources Office and several Southeast Michigan watershed councils like Friends of the Rouge, Huron River, Friends of the Detroit River, River Raisin Watershed Council, and many other partners. This is why this interview is so exciting. Rebecca was in the first class of this collaboration and the first within the Clinton River watershed to complete a rain garden project. So, Rebecca, how does it feel? It feels really good. Uh, I wear my shirt. Uh, <laughs> good, good. I'm glad you got one. Yeah, I'm real proud of it. So, I'd like for you to be able to take our listeners through your thought process. How did you even consider a rain garden? What problems were you having? And kind of what were the steps that you took to get to where you are now? Yeah, absolutely. So I moved to Michigan in the fall of 2020. I am originally from California. And I moved to Michigan, picked out a spot in Berkeley that I was excited about, and bought the house. And so my first season was raking leaves for the first time, mowing grass for the first time. I'd lived in apartments my whole life. I had never had a lawn. I had no idea what I was doing, and my neighbors were very... Uh, amazingly helpful and after I mowed my lawn I think twice I was like cool I'm never going to do this again how do I never do this again Uh, (laughs) and that started me on my journey of killing my front and back lawns 
So in the front yard, I did the lasagna method. And so this is, that was fall of 2020 in the next spring. I spent that whole season of 2021 um, getting rid of grass in front and backyard. So I lasagnaed the front yard with cardboard and mulch. And in the backyard, I did solarization where I had like black contractor bags with bricks to for like months to bake the grass. And for anybody interested, I found the lasagna method worked way, way, way better, uh, but your mileage may vary. What is the lasagna method? Lasagna is so you keep the grass, you like cut it as short as you can. You put a bunch of cardboard and then a bunch of mulch over that. And then the next, like a year later, (laughs) the next spring, you just like till and plant. Like it's ready to go. The grass is gone. It's all just been like decomposed and is now like very, and that's really good for your soil too, in terms of, you know, like, well, you would know better than me, but my friend told me that you don't want to mess up the ecosystem too much. And there's like good things in that. Microbial like, diversity <laughs> in the soil is really, really important. And I think you're doing a good job See? right now of maintaining <laughs> it. Because at first I was like, okay, you can cut all the grass off, right? Like that's another option is like, you may have tools specifically for it. But dang, is that hard work. We like try to patch and we're like, wow, we're really not going to do this on the rest of the yard. So let's figure out another option. <laughs> did you? So that's how we ended up there. Did you originally have flooding problems? Yep. So that's the next step is in the backyard. Even when I had grass, I, there's this one back corner that turned into a pond most of the year and then into a little like ice rink uh, in winter. Like I could stand on, like it was that much water, <laughs> and so Berkeley clay it doesn't do doesn't play well with a lot of water and a lot of plants. <laughs> so I was looking at what my other options are because I was getting a little trickle of things in my basement, and before spending the like fifteen thousand dollars to dig up and sub pump and do all the different waterproofing inside. What I had read was that that's really working with the symptoms versus like doing something preventative, like getting the water away from the house. So I was reading up on doing things like make sure you clean your gutters and like grading away from the house and doing all those good things. And another one that I saw was pulling the water away by using plants. And I saw this one picture, I think on Reddit, of like the root systems of native native plants versus the Kentucky bluegrass anyway uh, that I was like okay like the root systems of all these native plants are like beyond deeper and are intended to be in this kind of you know ecosystem with all this water like maybe that's what I should do because I knew my original plan was like I want a beautiful garden in the front yard I want it to be natives and like pollinators and all those good things and in the backyard I was like eh, whatever I'll just like plant a short moss or like sage thyme or something like that that gets short and thick and you can still step on it and it'll kind of look like grass but I wanted to like mow it like grass was my original thought in the backyard uh, and then once I found about rain gardens I was like okay like that's what I want to do it'll be beautiful and it'll like solve this problem that I'm having and it's also you know like I also wanted to do it with natives so that it was also ecologically friendly for where I was in the world so that was kind of my problem solving. <laughs> like it was it was an issue that I was having and like the neighbors on either side, we would always kind of like talk about like, 
where does the water pool in your yard? Is it like my this, that? It is a known backyard problem in Berkeley. Yours was a unique yeah. case where you're collecting water from some of your neighbors. Absolutely. The neighbor directly behind me or one over, I think, because I'm newer to the neighborhood and the neighbors have been there for a lot longer, said that when that land was developed for a new house, they like brought a truckload of dirt and like just raised <laughs> raised all of the land slightly so they get a lot more runoff after that. So yes, that one part of my backyard, the back left, uh, is absolutely the lowest point, I would say, of most of my neighbors. So I get extra. So you had this problem. You had some flooding. You had this goal of creating a beautiful garden in your front yard. And then there's the Master Rain Gardener course. How did that come into play? I was trying to think about this. I can't remember where I saw it first. Probably, I'm not on Facebook, but I think somebody sent me a screenshot or I saw it somewhere. And I was like, a Master Rain Gardener course. That, could this be a way? Because I actually, I'd never heard of a rain garden at that point. I wasn't sure if it was like a fit for me, but as someone like, getting into gardening, because as I said, I had never been into gardening before. <laughs> I never had land or like space, even like a balcony to garden on. So I was excited about the course. I looked it up, I did a little research on it, and it felt attainable to me because it was, I think, four weeks, six weeks. So it wasn't, it didn't feel like too heavy a commitment. And I enjoyed that it also like take this seriously, you know, like there'll be homework, you need to do these things. Um, to be able to like graduate the class. So that's how it came to my uh, per perusal. And I was excited to, to give it a try. I mean, at a minimum, I figured I would learn more about gardening, which I wanted to expand my knowledge of anyway. And at best, I thought maybe it could help me solve this problem. Now, we had several residents register for the Master Green Gardener course. And you're one of the few that have actually graduated by constructing your own rain garden, which is awesome. Woohoo! What were some of the tools that you drew from that class in your own planning and construction? Oh my gosh, everything! <laughs> <laughs> it was <laughs> it was hugely helpful. So the class was made up of lectures, and I got sent the course book and some other materials to to help. You, um, use during the class and there was also some field trips that you could take over the class and for folks who know me they will not be surprised by this like if I get into something I'm like gonna get into it and like I'm gonna show up and do it hard so I had a notebook I had different color pens that I use I like read everything before class I was a very diligent student <laughs> I had a list of questions going on the side that I would ask because um, they offer the class also offered office hours with your with the teachers, so I would go early and ask a bunch of questions and and it, so it was very helpful to kind of learn about the different impacts and like what can cause the water as well as solutions and like what I really appreciated was there was a lot of information about like is rain a rain garden the right fit for your problem right it wasn't just like yeah rain gardens are exactly what you need everywhere it was like there's really important considerations to be taking in place about where you place these so there was a lot of conversations about that which was really helpful so that I and like the size of a rain garden and then also what kind of plants 
the plant information was really helpful for me as someone who was brand new <laughs> to this. And it was really also really helpful that it was localized. I've talked to folks who are outside of Michigan about rain garden information since I've taken the course and now I just talk about it all the time. And they've been, you know, I've like shared information that I learned and I'm like, but grain of salt, like, you know, you need to do a little research about like for your area, what's the right fit. The readings were really light, mainly the, the coursework was about how does what you learned in class apply to your situation and then bring that back, talk about it with instructors, like problem solve anything that came up. Because, it, you know, it's not a one size fits all situation. It's always kind of a, your mileage may vary. <laughs> so it's, you know, there's the critical thinking of how do you take what you learned and apply it to your space. We've talked a lot about planning and kind of <laughs> your adventure of, of getting to the right space, the right place to begin planning this, this huge project. What about actually breaking ground? How, how was that? Yeah, I was really excited for it <laughs> because I, it was definitely step one. And in, in, even in like a larger picture, well, first thing, you, you know, you need to plan, you need to measure, you need to figure out what you want to get, and then you need to buy it, and then you need to dig, see how it goes, <laughs> and then you can, like, do the next steps of, like, it was all with the goal of, like, getting stuff in the ground and that being really exciting. Yeah, you don't really know what you have until you start breaking ground and laying some pipe and, and getting, fitting those pieces together, um, and then you can problem solve all the way you know, to the final completion of the rain garden. Yeah, and it is all about problem solving because <laughs> nothing ever goes exactly as intended. But it, it wasn't part of the fun of it. It wasn't too challenging, was it? No, I mean, I would say the the thing that stressed me out the most was amending the soil. Honestly, it wasn't even the digging because my thought test, where you like dig the eighteen inch hole and fill it with water and let it drain, and then yeah. you fill it with water again, and then per time how long percolation it takes to test. Drain. There you go. Yeah. Mine never drained. <laughs> like it just sat kind of full and then it would like go down a little and then fill up again when it rained and then like it just like never went down. So I had a lot of clay. And so we used a lot of the free county compost that gets dropped off. And we would bring, we would go with five bins, like totes. These giant 18, 20 gallon totes, fill them all up, bring them, dump them all down, and then like hand till, I guess. And we would just do that and over section, over section, over section. And we would, I think we did at least two rounds of it on every area that we were going to plant because it was just so, so thick. <laughs> you couldn't. And I also, I have a, a giant silver maple in the middle of my backyard. And it's probably been there since the house was 70 years or something. And the root system was also rough. And this is a good example of, like, you have to take what you learn in the class and, you know, play with it in terms of how it works for your space. Because there were multiple elements of my space that didn't meet the criteria for rain garden in terms of, like, being around roots or being underneath tree cover. But at the end of the day, like, I had a pool of water and putting a rain garden there would help, especially with, like, 
all these other criteria that met about like where it was in regards to the house and like where it was in regards to like getting water there. So that ended up not being a problem aside from having to dig up <laughs> a fair amount of roots to get the, <laughs> the downspouts buried. You had roots, you had clay, you have shade. <laughs> How is it doing now? It's good. It's all tucked in with leaves for the winter now. And of course, because I planted a bunch in the front yard too this year, and which is full sun. So that grew at a different pace than the backyard. But oh my gosh, were we excited to go out there and see caterpillars on the golden alexanders and to watch the obedient plants bloom for the first time and really can kind of like look back and envision about like oh gosh when those ferns are like established that's going to look absolutely bonkers with these other plants in front of it like it's going to be really exciting what's the total size of your ring garden oh gosh mine's gigantic and that was also because of the clay that because I couldn't go deeper, I had to go wider. But I was also excited to go wider because that's kind of what I wanted to do with the space in my backyard. I would say three to 400 square feet. I have one more question for you. Yeah. If you were to tell anybody anything about your rain garden, what would it be? Aw, come visit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so proud of it. I mean, it took a lot of effort, and I'm really stoked with how it turned out. But yeah, I'm really excited because I've always looked at this as like a three to five year plan, right? Like, <laughs> yet this is just year one, and year two, right, is going to be about like maintenance and like curation, right? So next year, I can really watch things come in and be like, oh, okay, like maybe in fall, I should move that over here, or maybe I should. I can see in the front yard this one, this kind of plant is doing really well in that area. Maybe I should move these ones from the backyard to some place that meets that criteria more and things like that. Yeah. So if I could say one thing about my rain garden is how proud of it I am. That's fantastic. And because then I was able, one of my neighbors asked me for a list of plants that she could put in her yard to help with her water problems. So I've started being able to work with the neighborhood and see if I can help other folks nearby. That's actually one of the reasons I'm going to put the rain garden sign in the front yard, not where the rain garden is, but so that folks can learn more about it and ask questions if they want to know more. And that's one of the greatest things about this program is, is when a master rain gardener like you takes this information, shares it to the neighborhood. It it's doesn't just stop with you. Um, it's only a beginning with you. Yeah. I mean, it just makes it better for everyone here, right? Well, thank you so much, Rebecca. I really appreciate the time and all of your work, blood, sweat, and tears that you put into it. Back at you. You, you have been so supportive, and I'm um, really pleased to know you and have worked with you over this and plan to continue. <laughs> you can't get rid of me. I plan to continue to be involved and look forward to what comes next. Yeah, your, <laughs> your spot will be a perfect place for field trips in the future. Yeah. I'm excited for it. We hope you enjoyed our chat with Rebecca and maybe felt a bit of inspiration to begin planning your own rain garden over the winter, which is a great time to do it. Let us know. Let us know if you have questions. We'd love to help. You can visit our website at 
crwc.org. Phone us at 248-601-0606. Or send us an old-fashioned email at contact at crwc.org. If you're interested in becoming a master rain gardener like Rebecca, the next virtual class is coming up in February 2023. Registration is open, so please visit our website and select the Master Rain Gardener registration link. Lastly, we deeply appreciate the connections between art, science, and action. We see this in every rain garden that our communities build. We'd like to leave you with a poem by Meryl Shane. Better to light candles. It is better to light candles than to curse the darkness. It is better to plant seeds than to accuse the earth. The world needs all of our power and love and energy. And each of us has something that we can give. The trick is to find it and use it. To find it and give it away. There will always be more. We can be lights for each other. And through each other's illumination, we will see the way. Each of us is a seed, a silent promise, and it is always spring.